0: Okay, we're in Deuteronomy chapter 8, we'll pray. Like last week, uh, we got through the first six verses, because I wanted to get to verse 3. And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger, and fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. What are we doing here this morning? Well, we're going to investigate some of the things that that aren't bread that we live on, that aren't manna, that aren't nutritious to us, but that are vital to us nonetheless. Um, You know, I I think in a lot of Christian churches we have a lot of nutrition Nazis, and I mean that in a very loving way, okay? I don't mean Nazi-like. They just both begin with N, right? And people are very like all about, you know, I want to get in the best. And great, 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 great wonderful and some people don't care about that you know they take fried large sandwiches and wash them down with Diet Coke whatever I'm not I don't preach on those types of things right but I will say you need more you need vitamins minerals for your soul for your spirit for your growth spiritual growth and that's what the Word of God provides and that's what we're doing here this morning if I get to it, right? So let's get to it. Okay, let's pray. Father, we fully expect that you will bless your word. Why? Because you do. Because it's your word. Because you've, as we read in the psalm, you've placed your word above your name. And we understand something about your name. It's holy and to be revered and to be reverenced and, and to be, uh, you know, set on high. And Lord, you say that your word is above your name. So we do revere your word, Lord. We take it seriously. We take it literally. We believe that you'll speak to us this morning, Lord, because we've all had breakfast. And we live by bread, but we don't just live by bread. We live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. So bless us here this morning, Lord, as we look at your word. We pray the Holy Spirit of God would take his place and teach us the things that you would have us know, the things that glorify you, the things that free us from bondage. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, let's jump right down to verse 7, okay? i we've got a lot of content here, but... Much of it's repeat, so we can read large sections and comment little. Okay, uh, verse 7, Deuteronomy 8, verse 7. For the Lord thy God, bringeth thee into a good land, a land of brooks, of water, of fountains, and depths that spring out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates, uh, a land of olive oil and honey, a a land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarceness, Thou shalt not lack anything in it, a land whose stones are iron, and out of whose hills thou mayest dig brass. Boy, it almost sounds like America in some ways, in some ways not. The crops are a little different, but do we eat bread with scarceness? Not so as you'd notice. Even the poor among us sometimes have a problem with eating too much. I struggle in my house with eating too much. I don't struggle with... You know, I saw the doctor and he, and he said do you, do you have enough food at home?" That's one of the questions I ask now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you want to see my like pantry? We've got like fourteen ketchups you know i mean we' we're, we're just ridiculous we get we get so much. I mean, like you know something happened we can't get out of the house. We can live out of the pantry for i don't know long time. come to our house we'll we'll feed you. it'll be fine you know we get we're We're all set. Uh, we don't have a problem with scarceness, and and we got mineral rights. We got plenty of water. Uh, there are places in this earth that struggle for fresh water. Alaska, fresh water in Alaska could water the whole planet, and we collect it, run it through a filter, bottle it. We can send it out everywhere. Not just Alaska. We got plenty of water here. Uh, so, what are you saying, Adam? Well, God's concerned with verse 10 it's a good land i mean i got i got plenty don't you worry about that when thou hast eaten and art full verse 10 then thou shalt bless the lord thy god for the good land which he hath given thee is that important yeah, because verse 11, beware that thou thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments, his judgments, and his statutes which I command thee this day. Last, when thou hast eaten and art full and hast built goodly houses and dwelt therein, and when thy herds and thy flocks multiply and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast is multiplied, then you cop an attitude. don't we? Aren't we subject to that? I, I, I mean, I mean... When we're struggling, we had a time in our lives when it was tough making ends meet. I got out of the Marine Corps in 1981, and a lot of you weren't even born. I know, it was, it was a recession was on, and it was hard getting work, and then the work that I got was way underpaying, uh, and we struggled to make ends meet. I'm kind of glad that God took us through that, but then like you start getting blessed from the Lord, and some of us, we, we get this attitude like, like somehow we deserve all the things God has given us. Then thy heart shall be lifted up and thou shalt forget the Lord thy God which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. We we were in Egypt. You say, "You, you were in Egypt? What, Cairo? What, Memphis? What? No. We were in the world. We were in bondage. We were slaves to sin. And blessing sometimes brings about a situation where we forget that. And it, look at look at what it says. Thy heart shall be lifted, thou shalt forget the Lord, thy God. You can't forget God. Not re- that's it, not the word. Okay, it's like forgetting your spouse. You come home from work, right? Hey, who who are you? Oh yeah, that's right. I'm married. I forgot. I didn't even. I don't even think about that things like. You, you see, that's really weird. Who would do that? Somebody with serious deficiencies uh, between your ears would may do that. Someone who's struggling with, you know. Uh, uh, you know, maybe someone gets struck on the head. We don't do that. We don't do that with God. It, means, it doesn't mean forget in the sense of not remember. It means forget in the sense of set them aside. Do people do that? Oh, Listen. I've got 40 years of, 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 of but you know that. You know. If I say, how many people here know someone who used to walk with the Lord, who used to be faithful, who used to love the Lord, who had a sparkle lit and was all excited about things of the Lord, who got baptized every time the church was open, and now they're far off, not serving the Lord, not living for the Lord. Everyone would raise their hand because we all know people like that. I am... Quite concerned that I don't become people like that. You know, I look at uh, Paul the Apostle and he's almost, it looks like this passage is where he's almost panic stricken that he would shipwreck his faith. That he would, I don't think, it, he's the guy who wrote Romans chapter 8. I don't think he's worried about losing his salvation. I think he's worried about losing his reward. I think he's worried about being an also ran. And he talks about beating his body to keep it in subjection. You know, less like uh, after I've run the race, you know, I'm disqualified. And he talks about shipwrecking your faith. Why? Because it's a very real thing and it can happen. We can set aside God. We can p- come to a place where, you know, it's all about, listen, I'm, I've got blessing. Things are happening in my life. I'm making a lot of money. You know, if I work a little bit more, I can make a little bit more money. And I can, instead of driving this car, I can drive this car. Instead of living in this house, i can to live in this house. Instead of having this vacation, I'm have this vacation. We, it, it's a, it's a, we can set God aside. And I've seen it, and you've seen it, and it's a very real concern that God has. Beware that thou not forget the Lord thy God, not keeping his commandments, his judgment, and his statutes which I command thee this day. Last, when thou hast eaten and art full, and hast built goodly house, and dwelt therein, when thy herds and thy flocks multiply, and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all that thy hast is multiplied. That sounds like America. It almost sounds like my life. Thank you, Lord, by the way. Appreciate your many blessings toward us. You, but but you've got to be on the lookout here. Then thy heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led thee through the great and terrible wilderness, wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions in drought, where there was no water, who brought thee forth out of the rock of brought water out of the rock of flint, who fed thee in the wilderness with manna, which thy fathers knew not, that he might humble thee, and that he might prove thee, to do thee good at thy latter end. Why is some struggles still? He wants to humble us. He wants to prove us. And what happens if he doesn't? And thou shalt say, "In the high, my power and the might of my hand hath gotten me this wealth." not I understand you work hard. That's a good thing. Nobody's criticizing that. I know some of you went to college. Well, I went to college, and I and I and I busted my back, and I got good grades, and I got a good job, and I've, I've everything I've got, I've, I've, I've earned by the sweat of my brow. Hey, I understand how that is, but who gave you the? the parents, the guidance counselors who pushed you in that direction, who gave you the wherewithal to learn, to be able to conquer college and to get good grades, who gave you the, you know, the, all those things. There's this, this places in the, uh, the world where people don't get, like, even a most basic education. And, and I know we can cop this attitude and like, I, my power and my, the might of mine hand has gotten me this wealth. God Who? But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. Thank you, Lord. I don't, I don't do something that's uh, very cerebrally hard. I, mean, I, can, I can listen to podcasts all day and just do busy work and keep my hands going. They think I'm a great worker. I am for what they, for that, what they need. Uh, doesn't need a whole lot of Intellect where I am right now. Back muscles help. Good back helps. Who gave me a good back? You know what I mean? I'm 62 years old, and um, I still am able to work, and I think people younger than me are set aside on who, who can't do what I do. I'm, I'm not bragging. I, I am. I'm bragging about the Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. I appreciate that so much. You see what I'm saying? Again, you can get this attitude. My power and, my, and the might of my hand hath gotten me this wealth. But I shall remember the Lord thy God. Is, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. I, I know there's a lot of health and wealth ministers and they this is one of their favorite verses. It is the Lord that giveth thee power to get wealth. That he may establish his covenant which ye swear unto thy fathers as it is this day. There's a reason for that. Covenant, What is he talking about? Relationship. And it shall be, if thou do at all forget the Lord thy God and walk after other gods and serve them and worship them, I testify against you this day that you shall surely perish. As the nations which the Lord destroyeth before your face, so shall ye perish, because ye would not be obedient unto the voice of the Lord your God. As a matter of fact, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. God's saying, you know, I'm wiping out parasites, Gergeshites, Jebusites, Hivites, uh, all these, because they've transgressed. They've got to a place. There's no redemption there, and then we come in. We We inherit the land and we can say, oh, I can set aside the Lord and I can go after other gods. And I don't have to follow the Lord's commandments. I don't have to revere his name. I can have this attitude like, you know, everything I've got, it's because I'm so awesome. God says, I'll destroy you like I destroyed them. Uh, No, he wouldn't treat us like that. Um, Yeah, he would. Yeah, he would. I'm not talking about losing your salvation. I'm talking about losing your blessing. I'm talking about losing a place where, like, where God will... He wants to bless. I told you before, only a thousand times he's our loving Heavenly Father and he wants to bless us. And I steadfastly refuse to be blessed by living disgracefully, living sinfully, living in rebellion, living in a place where he can't bless. God deals with sin. He deals with sin among the unbelievers. And then he comes to a place where he deals... With sin in our life now, it's a different way of dealing. He doesn't destroy us, but he does chastise us. But sometimes we live in such a place of rebellion. God says, I, "You're no earthly good to me. You have to. You have to leave. You have to come home. You have to." You, 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 I don't see any redemption in your life. I don't see anything that's where you can be a blessing to others. Just want you. There's not. There's nothing. You say hey, you don't really believe that. I believe that. I believe that New Testament. I believe that Old Testament. Um, it's choices, and we'll see if I if I get going here. We'll see. It's just choices. It's just a question of letting him lead, letting him have victory. Um, it's not because you or I are awesome. It's not like that at all. Well, let's just let's just let the scripture tell us. Hero Israel. Thou art to pass over Jordan this day to go in and possess nations greater and mightier than thyself. Cities great and fenced up to heaven. Is that what he's saying to us? I believe it with all my heart. That's why we're studying the book of Deuteronomy. This is the day. This 24-hour period? Well, maybe. But I think he's talking about day like we use day. Sometimes it's a 24-hour period. Sometimes we say, you know, back in the day. And it's not a 24-hour period. We're talking about an epoch, an era, a time in our lives. You know, the day of the Lord. And Scripture uses that word day this way. The day of the Lord is not a 24-hour period. And we've studied that before. Thou art to Passover, Jordan, this day. Now, we talk about Passover. We just sang about it. I was just looking, you know, uh, I'm I'm going over Jordan. I love that song. And I'm not trying to be critical, but we use passing over Jordan as dying and going to heaven. Scripture here is talking about passing over Jordan, and we're not dying. They're going into the promised land. And I want you to think about terms of going into the promised land. What is the promised land? What does God promise to you? It's obtaining the promises. It's, it's getting the blessing. It's getting, laying hold of the things for which Jesus Christ has laid hold of us. Uh, obtaining our inheritance. And I think it's characterized by spirit filled life, victory, not wandering in the wilderness. There's a, there's a lot of metaphors I can propose, right? How many Christians do that? Oh, I don't want to be judgmental, but from what I see, not the majority. Many of us live on this side, Jordan. Well, okay, here's, a, here's the Jordan River. This side, as you would look at it, right? Outside of Jordan, east of Jordan, never inheriting the promised land. And God, look, praise God. You're out of Egypt, right? Uh, uh, Reuben, Gad, and half the tribe of Manasseh live there, and they're still children of Israel. Are they in killing giants and wiping out? And uh, Well, some do, you know. Uh there's always those who are never gonna go in, never gonna enter. Okay. Okay. They're, they get to Kadesh, Barnea, there's giants. <gasps> and that's it. <clears throat> we'll talk about that here this morning. Um you're you're the Passover during this day. Is, I, God's speaking to some of us here, I'm sure. Today's the day. Um To go in and possess nations greater and and mightier than thyself, cities great and fenced up to heaven, a people great and tall, the children of the Anakims, whom thou knowest and of whom thou hast heard say, who can stand before the children of Anak? God can, and you can with God. It's not a rhetorical question at all. Um, Who's the Anakim in your life? What's Jericho in your life? What's stopping you from inheriting what God wants you to inherit? What's keeping you out of the promised land? Today's the day. God's saying, let's, let's do this thing. He's inviting us to team up with him. Listen, I have not getting much feedback at all. I think it's kind of a personal thing. Me, I'm out there. I just, I live in a glass house. I'm just, what, I, what you see is what you get. I'm not a private person at all. God has worked in my life and he's been talking to me about discouragement. And I've been having great victory in the area, I'm one who gets discouraged easily, and God challenged my heart and said, "Why, Adam? Why? I'm on the throne. I'm your God. I can do anything. So why you walk around the face with your face in the mud? You're not a great advertisement for me. And why are you like that?" And I said, "Indeed, you you want to tackle this giant of discouragement in my life? Because I'm I'm for that. Let's do this thing. And I've been having great success, Adam. Are you bragging? Yes." I'm bragging about Jesus Christ and how awesome he is. If you're sitting there thinking, Adam's just crowing about how awesome he is. No. No. I'm I'm trying to convince you of something. It's not our individual awesomeness and God wants to deliver the goods. And Satan, he's a big blowhard. He's strutting about, oh, there's giants here. They're going to wipe you out. Oh, there's giants. And God's like... I'm a giant killer. Anakim, Rephiam, Zamzumim, let's have it. Let's do this thing, God's saying. This is going to be fun. A little exciting, a little intimidating, but I'm with you. awesome is that? How awesome is that? He's an awesome God. Am I awesome? Uh, no. <laughs> Let me put that another way. No. Not at all. Um but there's a people great and tall, children of Anakin, whom thou knowest, whom thou was heard say, who can sin against the children of Anakin? And I have understood that God can, and I want to be part of that. I want it, I do inherit my inheritance. What's stopping me right now? Discouragement. I mean, I, I, I can name that in my life. Do you have to come up to me and tell me what your issue is and how God's delivering? You know you don't have to. Of course you don't. That's private between you and God. That's fine. Understand, therefore, this day, the Lord thy God is he which goeth over before thee. As a consuming fire, he shall destroy them, and he shall bring them down before thy face. So shalt thou drive them out and destroy them quickly, as the Lord uh, hath said unto thee. There it is. He's only talking about Israel. He's not talking about you. He's not talking about the giants you face. That's ridiculous. Why are we studying this then? And of course, there's a correlation. Speak not thou in thine heart after the Lord thy God hath cast them out from before thee, saying, For my righteousness the Lord hath brought me uh, to possess this land, but for the wickedness of the nations the Lord doth drive them out before thee. That's why I'm not going to act like them, because God is dealing with them. And it's not because of our great righteousness. Listen, after a victory, we're in need of God's grace every bit as much as before the battle. I think that's one of the problems is we read the book of Joshua, they go in, they wipe out Jericho and I'm sure they're all like, we're number one! They're all doing the chest bump, the guys do, and and the fist bump and and they're all running around like idiots thinking how awesome they are. And God says, yeah, I don't know. And then they go to Ai and they get wiped out. And every... Victory in the promised land is when they seek God and they follow after what God tells them to do. And every time they fall flat on their face and they suffer defeat is because they either didn't seek God or they ignored what he had said. Every single time, the victory is in seeking God and getting his plan for the victory. Every time. And you know how important that is because it's the same with us. Uh, and we're not to say in our heart it's because of our great righteousness. All I got to do is say that, and, and I, I just like stand by. I'm going to fall flat on my face, and usually publicly, so everyone can see it. Uh, you know how God humbles us by humiliating us. Now we can humble ourselves and save God. The, the The we we can do that, and He wants us to do that. Always dependent on the Lord. Always dependent on the Lord. Never look into our own might. Oh, God give me pipes like this for nothing. I'm I'm all that. Wow. That's a recipe for disaster. Not for thy righteousness, or not for thy uprightness of thine heart doth dost thou go possess their land. But for the wickedness of these nations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee, that he may perform the word which the Lord swear unto thy fathers Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Do we have the promises of Abraham on us? Read Galatians 3. Yes. Absolutely what God has promised to Abraham falls to us. The New Testament is replete with this, but uh, it's all summed up in Galatians chapter 3. Understand, therefore, that the Lord thy God giveth thee not this good land to possess it for thy righteousness, for thou art a stiff-necked people. I'd like to argue with God, but... uh, No, he he knows who I am. Remember and forget not how thou... Oh, now, how is he going to knock us down a peg? We're full of ourselves, full of hubris, full of self-importance. How does he knock us down? This is important. This is like Wednesday night stuff. Uh, Remember and forget not how thou provokest the Lord thy God to wrath in the wilderness, from the day that thou didst depart out of the land of Egypt until you came unto this place. You have been rebellious against the Lord. He's going to remind them of their history. Is that important? Yeah. Yeah. I have to remember who I was and where I was what I was saved out of and what um so I've had some victories lately awesome and I can start thinking well I'm awesome if I'm not very careful no no I I'd like to think I'm done with that <laughs> I hope I am because um as I think back I had a lot of moments that I'm uh, not very proud of like you like, you know, we've done some things that I thought, like, oh, I thought I was so past that. I understand, the Lord thy God giveth thee not this land to possess it, for thou art righteous, for thou art a stiff necked people. Verse 7. Remember and forget not how thou provokest the Lord thy God to wrath in the wilderness. From the day that thou didst depart out of the land of Egypt until you came into this place, ye have been rebellious against the Lord. Also in Horeb, he mentions Horeb. What happened there? Well, he's going to delineate what happened there. Also in Horeb, uh, read here Sinai. You know it better as Sinai. Also in Horeb you provoked the Lord to wrath, so that the Lord was angry with you to have destroyed you. When I was gone up to the mount to receive the tables of stone, even the tables of the covenant, which the Lord made with you, then I abode in the mount 40 days and 40 nights. I neither did eat bread nor drink water. Wait a second. That's crazy. Now you can go without... Food for 40 days, maybe you ought to want to try that someday, but you can't go without water for 40 days. You're going to die, okay? That's all there is to it. When I mean water, I mean any beverage. You could probably drink Diet Coke for 40 days, even caffeine-free, and maybe you'll live. I don't know. Um, why are you picking on uh, Coca-Cola, Adam? I, I don't know. It's the first thing I thought of, okay? If you drink Diet Coke with caffeine, I go ahead. I don't know. Uh, and, and don't come up later and yell at me. I'm, I'm sorry. I'll, whatever beverage you, okay. You can't, you can't go without beverage for 40 days. You can't do it. Moses did. How do you do it? Because obviously in God's presence, God has a life-sustaining presence. Being in the presence of, hey, listen, man doesn't live by bread alone. Man doesn't live by water alone. Uh, in God's presence, this Physical sustenance. Really? It was for Moses. Uh, and the Lord delivered unto me two tables of stone written with the finger of God, and on them was written according to all the words which the Lord spake with you in the mount out of the midst of the fire in the day of the assembly. God wrote the Ten Commandments with his finger on stone. My thing, that's the same finger that wrote in the ground when they had that woman taken a, caught in adultery. Incredible! You, one of them handwriting analysis people. We could find them original tablets and let them look at that. I wonder what they'd come up with. I know what they'd come up with. It is written by God. Uh, uh, And it came to pass, verse eleven, at the end of forty nights and forty days and forty nights, the Lord gave me the two tables of stone, even the tables of the of the covenant. Did it take him 40 days and 40 nights? No, it's what God used. Like, did it take God six days to create? No, he could have done it in six nanoseconds. He used six days and six six days. And I, I believe them to be days like 24 hour days. I know there's a lot of people think of like epics and eras and like, you know, day one was, you know, 80 million years and stuff like that. You got plants and you got insects on different days, it won't work, okay? You need both of them. <laughs> you get plants one day and you get insects next, fair enough, that'll work. But you get them like 80 million years later. What, how are the plants, you know, the birds and the bees? Eh, never mind. Anyway, anyway. Uh, it came to pass the end of 40 days and 40 nights. The Lord gave me the two tables of stone, even the tables of the covenant. The Lord said to me, Arise, get thee down quickly from hence, for thy people, which thou hast brought forth out of Egypt, have corrupted themselves. They are quickly turned aside out of the way which I commanded them. They have made them a molten image. Now there's problems in God's um, telling Moses to go down and deal with this. How come all of a sudden they're Moses people? Listen, Moses should turn and run, because when I come home from work, I mean back in the day when the kids are still little, and you know what your son did? My son? How come the answer to that question was never uh, won a Pulitzer Prize, uh, invented a cure for uh, cancer? Uh, it, those are not the right answers, okay? He did something uh, ferociously, horribly uh, diabolical and nefarious, and I have to deal with that, okay? Now Mike, Mike's back there. Don't look at him. He's wonderful. He never did anything wrong. Uh, except beat me at golf more times than I've beaten him, but that's okay, you know, i Anyway, look, uh, so he's my son all of a sudden. And Moses is like, my people, I, I didn't do nothing. I just raised the staff is all I did. And the water went, your people, you did all the plagues, you did all that. Your, and it's, it's kind of funny to me how God gives them over to Moses when they're doing bad, right? Uh, look what your people have done. You've got to get down. You've got to deal with this. They've made a molten image. Wow. And we know the backstory. Uh, We don't know what's become of Moses, they say to Aaron. Um, Give us gods to go before us. And he says, all right. I look at Aaron. He's kind of a non. He really is. I don't understand. Uh, You want me to what? Are you kidding me right now? You see that mountain on fire? I don't think I'll do that. Uh, No, he says, give me your gold. And then, you know, when, he's, when Moses asked him about later, Mo, I'm surprised as you are. They gave me that gold. I threw it in the oven. This calf hopped out. Worst, worst excuse in the history of excuses, right? And God's the one who makes that guy the high priest. Incredible. It's all grace, guys. It's all grace. And then they had an orgy. Ugh. I don't even want to go there in my thinking. did they turn aside quickly? Yeah. Did they make them a molten image? Yeah. Um, But I just want to draw this parallel. False worship leads to bad practices. Only, always. Only, always. False worship, false ideas about God equal bad behavior. That's all. Furthermore, the Lord spake unto me, saying, "I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. Let me alone, that I may destroy them and blot out their name from under heaven. And I will make of thee a nation mightier and greater than they." This is quite a temptation for Moses. Oh, I'll be the new—I'll be the new Abraham. You're going to make these people like whoa, this, uh, Let's look at this for a little bit, God. This is kind of—no, He won't. He's not having it for for really good reasons. So I turned and came down the mount. And we'll, we'll, we'll look at that in a few verses. So I turned and came down from the mountain. The mountain burned with fire. So this is still, God's still in the mountain. It's still ablaze. It's still all kinds of sights and sounds. It's still, Moses is gone 40 days. You think in 40 days it's not raining manna on the children of Israel anymore? Of course it is. You think they still have plenty of water to drink? Well, of course they do. God's still working, although he's, Moses is up in the mountain, I turned and came down to the mountain, the mountain burned with fire, and the two tables of the coven were in my two hands. I looked and beheld, and you got to, well, let me keep reading. I looked and beheld, you had sinned against the Lord your God, and you had made you a molten calf. You had turned aside quickly out of the way which the Lord uh, commanded you. I took the two tables and cast them out of my hands and break them before your eyes, which is a symbol of the broken commandments. Moses the first guy to break all Ten Commandments at once. I took the two tables, I cast them out, okay, he threw them down. And I fell down before the Lord as at the first 40 days and 40 nights. I did eat bread nor drink water because of all your sins which you sinned in doing wickedly in the sight of the Lord to provoke him for anger. So he's 40 days and 40 nights more with God in the mountain. Wow, so 80 days he doesn't eat or drink. Wow! And the second time he comes down, it's not even told here, but he's so full of the presence of God that his face shone. Remember? And you get to people who never saw a neon light or a light bulb or they had no context for even like, who's the guy with the shiny face? What's going on here, right? Anyway, story for another time. For I was afraid of the anger and hot displeasure wherewith the Lord was wroth against you, destroy you. But the Lord hearkened unto me at that time also. The Lord was very wroth with Aaron. Well, I guess. To have destroyed him. And I prayed for Aaron also the same time. So he's up in the mountain, 40 days, 40 nights. The second 40 days and 40 nights, praying for Aaron, praying for the children of Israel, interceding. What a Christ figure he is. Christ is at the right hand of God. What? He ever liveth to make intercession for you. Maybe you don't need it. Maybe you're sin free. Maybe you're awesome. But pray for me, okay? Because I still need God's intervention in my life plenty. And I, that, that's, that was sarcastic, by the way. You need God's intervention in your life as much as I do. Lord, very angry at Aaron. I took your sin, the calf which he had made, and burnt it with fire, and stamped it, and ground it very small, even until it was small as dust. And I cast the dust thereof into the brook and descended out of that descended out of the mount. Um, this is all a reason God's doing this, bringing them all, uh, and I want to, at this time, look at... Uh, Verse 7, remember and forget not how thou provokest the Lord to, get, uh, to wrath in the wilderness. Verse 5, it's not for your righteousness, for your upright heart. Understand therefore, verse 6, Lord your God, giveth thee not this good land in possession for thy righteousness. God's going to bless us with inheriting our inheritance and it's not because we're awesome righteous. And he brings us down a peg or two by rehearsing our track record with us in a way that we don't think too much of ourselves. It's the grace of God. I need to know that. You need to know that. Does God want us to inherit the promised land? Oh yeah, of course. At this day. Yes. Not because we're awesome, because he's awesome. And he's going over and and he's, listen, I need Constantly be knocked down a peg or two. I can get arrogant or full of hubris or think of myself more highly than I ought to. It's something that I have, I have no problem. <laughs> I, you say, why? I, I don't know. I, I, because I'm a knucklehead, I guess. I don't know. Now he goes uh, on. And at Taberah and at verse 20, and at Massa and at Kibroth, Hattaavah, you provoke the Lord's wrath. Yeah, what, what? Okay, at Taberah means burning. Uh, they were vocalizing displeasure with the Lord, and the Lord sent fire among them and burned some of them up. Uh, massa means tempted. Uh, they were they forgot that God loved them, and he that he was te- they were tempting him with like you don't love us, you brought us out to die. Uh, Kibroth haTaava the graves of lusting. Where they said, you know, this manna, we've had enough manna, uh, we, we want something else. And God sent them the quail, the, and a lot of death and mayhem at that time. So failure after failure after failure. Is God still interested in blessing? Isn't that interesting? God still wants them to listen, I know you messed up. How do you know I messed up? Because I know I messed up. God's done with me. Not so much. Not so much. Um, I I messed up and I like, Lord, forgive me. I can't believe it's still in my life. I'm such a knucklehead. Lord, I want to be done with the flesh once and for all. I'm the one who teaches everyone to choose to sin, choose to suffer. Help me to live what I say is the way to, and I'm still doing that all the time. And is he done with me? No. No. Does he want to bless me? Yeah. Does he want to enlarge my border? Yeah. Does he want to bring me into the promised land, obtain my uh, inheritance? Yeah. Does he want me to defeat giants? Yeah. Is it because I'm awesome? No. Figure it out, right? He's not done with you. He—he's our loving heavenly Father. Do you have children in your life? I'm done with them. I don't care if this one comes uh, crawling on the hands. And he's begging my forgiveness. I will have not. Are you that? Is anyone here that person? Because I want to rebuke you publicly. Just stand up so I can. No, none of us are like that. We're like, we're, we're the ones who are looking down the road waiting for the prodigal to return. It's fatted calf time. We learned that from our father. And unless we're crazy psycho dad or crazy psycho mom, we want what's best for our children. And you, so you can see that with God. And if you don't know that about God, it's because Satan's lied to you and told you some thought about God that's unworthy. You just shake your head until the idea falls right out. Satan's a liar. Where am I? Where am I? Uh, likewise, the Lord, verse 23, sent you to Kadesh Barnea. Kadesh Barnea saying, go up and possess the land which I gave to you. Then you rebelled against the commandment of the Lord your God and you believed him not and hearkened to his voice. We're back at Kadesh Barnea. Kadesh, holy Barnia, barrenness, clear, stark choice. What do you want? Choose. And that's what the Lord gives us is stark choice. Kadesh, holy. Now I know some of you aren't excited about holy because you don't understand what holy is. Set apart for God's purpose. Doesn't mean sanctimonious. Doesn't mean you can never have fun or laugh again. It doesn't mean if you're a woman you have to wear a long dress all the way down to your ankles. It doesn't mean anything like that. It means, Lord, I am yours. Why not? He, we're, we're bought with a price. Uh, this isn't anything unworthy of a person. And you will set yourself apart for God's holy purpose, or you will have barrenness. How stark is that? Anything in between? How can you have God's blessing in your life while living for God? He doesn't expect perfection. I know some of you are like that. You, you're, you're like, you're, you, when you sin, you let yourself so down. You're so dismayed. You're so like, oh, I can't believe. Yeah, yeah. No, God can believe. Uh, when he got you, he got a lemon, right? No. No, he knew who you were. And he saved you anyway. I surprise myself with my behavior sometimes. God has never been surprised with my behavior any time. Does he love me? Yes. What about when I sin and let him down? Does he love me? Yes. Parents, you should understand that. And every time I say parents, I think like, your parents let you down. You've got a heavenly father who never lets you down. And you've seen, maybe you had crazy dad, but you've seen great dad now. And we all have that same, you know, we're survivors of sinning parents, we're adults, we' all, we're all belong to the same group, okay, the same support group. Um, but you are a parent. you know you want the best for your children. When they sin, you don't, "I'm done with you." And you think of that about God, you think unworthy thoughts about him. Um, so, uh, likewise, when the Lord sent you from Kadesh Barnea, saying, go up and possess the land which I have given you, then you rebelled against the commandments of the Lord your God, and you believed not nor hearken to his voice. Now we're back at Kadesh Barnea. You didn't make the right choice last time? Make it right this time. Easy peasy, right? What, what's the choice? Holiness or barrenness? What's the, what's the choice? How do you do it? What do you do? Pray. Lord, I'm yours. Let's settle this right here, right now. Giants, Giants. Fear? Bitterness? Discouragement? Anybody? Lost? Lord, I'm yours. Let's go after these giants. Let's get rid of them together. It's gonna be so exciting. Or I just want to live, I want to walk in the wilderness my whole life, walking in circles, swatting flies, kicking up dust. Never a mountain, anything. <laughs> Easy choice, right? <laughs> okay. But you've been rebellious against the Lord from the day that I knew you. Thus I fell down before the Lord 40 days and 40 nights. These are the second 40 days and 40 nights. I fell down the first because the Lord said he would destroy you. I prayed therefore unto the Lord and said, O Lord God, destroy not thy people and thy inheritance which thou hast redeemed through thy greatness. Remember God said, hey, I'll make of you a great nation. Get out of my way. I'm going to wipe these people out. And Moses is praying, interceding. He's such a Jesus Christ type, I prayed therefore unto the Lord and said, Lord God, destroy not thy, thy, thy people and thy inheritance, which thou hast redeemed, so he gives them back to God, your people, not my people, God, remember, uh, don't destroy them, Lord, which the ones you've redeemed, through thy greatness, which thou hast brought forth out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Remember thy servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Look not unto their stubbornness of this people, nor to their wickedness, nor to their sin. You see Jesus praying for us right now? Here is the picture, right? Lest the land whence thou broughtest out us out saying because the Lord was not able to bring them into the land which he promised them and because he hated them hath, he hath brought them out to slay the people in the wilderness. Lord I'm worried about your name. People are going to say oh sure he could take them out of Egypt but he couldn't bring them into the promised land. Listen are you concerned about God's reputation and you'll choose holiness. You'll choose not barrenness you'll choose to go into the promised land and you'll say Lord I'm cons- you brought me out of Egypt hey Lord praise your name now bring me into my inheritance I don't want people saying God's unable you know what I, I look at someone and they're victimized by pick, pick, pick anything right alcohol I can never give up drink in my life I never can I never will I'll never be able to and what I'm saying is God brought me out of Egypt but he can't have me defeat the bottle I'm very jealous over that I'm not trying to condemn. I promise you, I'm not. I, I'm, I'm not. I'm. I, listen to Pastor's heart. Listen. To, listen to what I'm saying. God wants to bring you out of Egypt, and they get Egypt out of you. He wants to bring you to the place of blessing, and you're looking at the giants and think we can never do it. And He's saying it's easy peasy. I'm God. Follow me. Devote your life to me. We can handle the giants. And I'm very very concerned about God's reputation and I'm very concerned about what the nation say. Hey, hey, it's important to me in my own life because if I'm like g- g- the discouragement guy, what am I saying to everybody? God, yeah, he's on the throne, but he doesn't really make a difference in my life. It's just going to be the same bad it's always been. And, I just and God's like, really, really, really? It, 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 we, we don't want to do that, do we? And I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. I want to show people how awesome you are all the time. I'm worried about God's great name. Moses is worried about God's great name. Uh, yet uh, they are the people and in thy inheritance which thou broughtest out of the mighty power and by thy stretched out arm. I got a few more verses. I want you to stay with me. Hold on, right? And that time the Lord said unto uh, me, Hew thee two tables of stone like unto the first, and come up unto me in the mount and make thee an ark of wood. Now, this is the same passage, okay, so I want to get this done. And I will write on the tables the words that were in the first tables, which thou breakest, and thou sh- uh, shalt put them in the ark. And I will make an ark of shit and wood, and hewed two tables of stone, uh, like unto the first, and went up into the mount, having the two tables in my hand. And he wrote on the two tables, according to the first writing the Ten Commandments, which the Lord spake unto you in the mount, out of the midst of the fire, in the day of assembly, and the Lord gave them unto me. Everyone, so far, it's pretty much self-explanatory, Right? I turned myself and came down from the mountain, put the tables in the ark, which I made, and there they be, as the Lord commanded, thee, uh, commanded me. And the children of Israel took their journey from Beeroth, of the children of Jachin, to Moserah. There Aaron died, and there he was buried. And Eleazar his son, ministered in the priest's office in his stead. From thence they journeyed unto a Gudgoda, and from Gudgoda to Jotbath, a land of rivers and waters, at that time, the Lord separated the channel of Levi to bear the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, to stand before the Lord, to minister unto him, and to bless in his name unto this day. Wherefore, Levi hath no part nor inheritance with his brethren. The Lord is his inheritance, according as the Lord thy God promised him. And I stayed in the mount, according to the first time, 40 days and 40 nights. And the Lord hearkened unto me at that time also, and the Lord would not destroy thee. Because it's a picture of Jesus interceding at our right hand. At God's right hand for us. And the Lord said to me, Arise, take thy journey before the people that they may go in and possess the land which I swear unto their fathers to give unto them. Two more verses. Stay with, please. And now Israel, What doth the Lord thy God require of thee? (laughs) Micah 6, 8, anybody? Uh, And he gives them the answer. It's not rhetorical. But to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all his ways, to love him and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command thee this day for thy good. Hey, hey, hey! what does God want from me anyway? What does God want? Uh, Okay, we're talking about inheritance. We're talking about uh, slaying our giants. We're talking about knocking down the walls of our Jericho. We're talking about uh, laying hold of the things which Jesus Christ laid hold of us. What does that look like? I'm so glad he just put it this way. What what does God want from us anyway? I'm going to tell you. Fear the Lord. Walk in his ways. Love him. Serve him with your whole heart, with all your soul. Keep his commandments. Easy peasy. We're asking you to do anything supernatural. We ask you to do anything crazy. Listen, we know how to love the Lord. We know how to fear him. We know how to walk in his ways. Some of us never do. Some of us, we have our own ways. I got a plan. I'm. I think I know what's best for my life. I think this is what I'm going to do. And We never, ever ask the Lord what He wants in our life. And here, all we're told is, "Hey, hey Israel, hey, those ruled by God. Love God, fear Him, serve Him. Figure it out. It's not about us. It's not about our." And when we move out to do what God's called us to do, excitement. Uh, fulfillment, uh, peace, uh, all the things that, uh, love, joy, peace, goodness, faith, meekness, self-control, all those things come into play. Lord, I'm yours. I'm going to serve you always. Isn't that, isn't that, I mean the simple of us get, this isn't a great uh, exercise in intellect, is it? It's not meant to be. You can be as simple as I am and Serve God really well. You don't have to be like Einstein smart or Yoda bright uh, to figure out what God's got for us. All you have to do is determine, Lord, I'm yours. There it is. That's all I've got. Uh, Let's stand. Let's go out of here uh, and worshiping the Lord. Father, well, I, I think we're at that place again, that Kadesh Barnea place, and I think you want to bless us and bring us in. And Lord, we want to be holy unto you, and we don't want to be barren. And we want to lay hold of the things for which you've laid hold of us. And all the things that would stop us, Lord, we, we see that you've given us power to tread on snakes and scorpions. You're, you're a God who divides the Red Sea so we can walk on dry land. You've done marvelous and mighty things, things that we could never do, and you haven't done them because we're awesome, you've done them because you're awesome. We praise your holy name. Thank you that we're in this place at this time to learn these things, but Lord, we don't want to be here as only, we want to commit afresh our souls, our lives to you. Bless now, we ask it in Jesus' name. Now may the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up His countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Amen.